Thank you so much for joining me. I have the infamous tribe. I don't even know what to call them, but I'm home. I'm in Atlanta with my people. So we are going to do this segment, this episode together. So I want to introduce my people. I don't know what to call y'all, which I want to, which I want to be called. First, we got Corey. <laughs> then we got D. Then we got E. Then we got Nita. This is my people. Oh, and we got S. We got S. All right. So anyway, um. Today's episode is, we're going to be talking about church. Um, I think it's really important, especially because a part of my motivation for doing this particular podcast in the first place is just some of my my experiences as a child of church and some of the things that, you know, weren't I, weren't, I wasn't able to talk about. Some of the stigma that was associated with real life stuff. Because all of us come from different point of reference. We have different experiences. We have different ideologies. I think it would be really important to get my people's point of view. Um, so, all right, so we'll get right into it. So I saw this hashtag on Facebook. I want to say it was like three or four weeks ago and it was hashtag church hurt. And some people were taking it. Like some people were on the side of being humorous about it. Some people were like super, super serious. Um, so I'll probably go one, I'll probably go both ways, but I wanted to kind of talk about the idea of church hurt because I think that a part of my paradigm is from the, the, the perspective of church hurt in the, in the sense that. As I mentioned in previous episodes, I was molested. And so when I wanted to go to church and talk to people about, oh my gosh, I'm seven and I'm having these feelings, there was no outlet for me to do so. And so it made it very difficult um, for me to feel normal, for me to feel like the place that I visited and frequented every day was home. Um, And so I want to start with Corey, if you don't mind. And just, if you have, does the idea of church hurt like resonate with you? Is that something you feel like? you've experienced or is that like kind of foreign as far as you're concerned? Yeah, I, I guess you can say that. Um, I, how can I say this? Um, I don't go to church now, but I don't think it's all because of church hurt. Um, Why don't you go to church? Um, I'm just, I guess I'm just over it. Over what? Just over church period and almost religion, but okay. truthfully just over church over sitting in the place for three or four hours, people not respecting your time. Um, like I'd be ready to go, get in, get out. But I just, I don't know. At first I used to see it and thought it was all like really cool, but I just, me personally, I, I just, I don't see it anymore. I don't see it. I don't, only thing about church that I like is the choir. <laughs> like dead serious. Like I'm not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't step. Do you still go to church? Yes, I do. Okay, so would you say that you can resonate with the ideology of church hurt, or is that like kind of like, yeah, that's not my, my problem? Um, it never happened to me personally, but it happened to my boyfriend. So I understand What's the why it? people don't like going to church. When you say it happened, what do you mean it? What's the it you're referring church to? Church hurt, feeling like he didn't have an outlet at church. And that was a question I was going to ask you. You said that there was no outlet for you at your church. Why wasn't there an outlet for you? I think my church was really old fashioned. And so, and I think a lot of churches are old fashioned. So I feel like for me, just molestation wasn't something that was talked about ever period point. Like it just wasn't happening. And according to the church people, nobody was having sex either. So it was a matter of this isn't happening. So we don't have to talk about it. Um, Did you try talking to 
to someone and they just ignored you or you didn't feel like you could talk to them? I think churches in general, and this is me speaking from my own experiences and those of which I've heard, I don't think the it's the environment in which you feel free to talk about things like that. But I did want to jump to Nita because I know her experiences may be a little bit different. Were you ever like a church goer or have you just always been like, that's not really my thing? I've always been like, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't take me, but my stepmother made me. Okay. So you go from not having to go to being made to go mm-hmm. and there's no in between. And I just feel like when you get there, I'm kind of like, Corey, I'm over it because you're not <laughs> respecting my time. And I feel like, there's a lot of people who are phony, mm-hmm. you know, but then you hear that that's, if you were a saint, you didn't, wouldn't need to go to church. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that. And that's, I think growing up, I was at church on Wednesdays, mainly Wednesdays and f- Sundays. You are. And, but if it was like one of the days when my mom had to take me with her, she was in church Monday night prayer, Wednesday night, Bible study, uh, Friday night, uh, was choir rehearsal and then Sunday was church and let's not throw in a revival or or um, like we're going to go visit another church and it's just like that's an all day thing and truthfully I didn't like it then but I did it because I had to now that I have a choice I mean I've always had a choice but now I can do it freely without persecution <laughs> from adults I don't, I don't I don't care to go so you feel like you were over church in your childhood so now you're like yeah and that's not to say that i didn't have good times at church when i went but i was like bad times but just overall that whole thing of getting up on sunday morning um like having to get dressed having to get ready going to go sit in a hot ass church all day long um like taking up offerings for this for that for this okay so if i told you about a church where you could go to one o'clock service. You didn't have to dress up. Service is always only an hour. They don't even take offering at church. Would you go? Um, probably not. Just because you, you, you don't want to go to church. If you had caught me earlier, yeah, before I got into this feeling about this. Oh, so now you're but too this far is gone. Not, yeah, I'm just I too see. far gone. And then, But this is also not just a feeling about... This also is just not about church hurt this is just also other things about to me it's not just church anymore it's like religion and phony people and people preaching one thing and doing the other i don't have time for that like and not and i don't hold those people i guess at one point in time i did which which is a part of my church hurt why i held these people to a different standard but when you realize that people are just human and they do the things they need to do and i mean i don't need a book written by man to tell me how to be a good person. Oh Lord, D. I agree with Corey. I, I was about to say I agree with Corey. Um, and for me, I went to church as a kid all the time. Uh, between my grandmother, uh, my mother's mom, and my mom, uh, it was a constant every week thing. I was in church. Um, I think my when I got when I hit ten, ten or eleven, I actually started going on my own. And I joined First Baptist of Lemons Point. And I went because I enjoyed it. Uh, I was in a choir. Did the whole choir thing for about, I want to say, four years. And it was fun to me. Um, I was there. I was actually learning. I did the Bible study. But as I got older, I got away from it. And never went back to it. And even like now, uh, with being married... I try to get back into it every now and then, but it's still hard. And we go to Buckhead Church where 
and I spoke on Okay, go ahead. My bad, Buckhead. My bad. <laughs> uh, you know, we go, we go to church now, you know, and it's it's definitely uh, a little lighter. Uh, like uh, she was saying earlier, he was saying earlier, you know, having to not be uh, in a place for two to three hours, you know, trying to figure out, all right, well, are we going to get out? Here at this time, or is it gonna be enough? Oh, hour you ain't making hours? no plans on those Sundays. <laughs> you it's know, just it's just, not, it's just not. But uh, you know, now like the the service in itself is quick, but you still get the the message. You get the same up. message. Go hold ahead. Up. Because when we first started going to, when we first started going to this church, you were not feeling it. No, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't at all. I, I told, I, I told, I was not feeling it. It wasn't a traditional church. Yep. He was like. I don't like this church. It's not a traditional church. The music they're playing, because they're playing contemporary music. It's not the traditional gospel choir and all of that. So all of those things, you want them to respect you. Y'all want everything. <laughs> like, you can't well, have, It's just like everything else in life. You can't have everything your way. It's not Burger King. <laughs> I get that. But truthfully, that's like, I, I don't like, and I, just, I feel, I don't, I guess I, yeah, I guess I do feel bad saying this, but I'm going to say it. Like, I don't like new I don't like new church music, like new style church music. I don't either. I, I don't, don't want to hear. I don't like uh, it. Nug if you buck the the gospel remix. Well, I'm not like, talking about that, but and I don't know, mean I don't to like call rap. I don't, call this uh this particular artist out or anything like that. But what's that? Ty Tribbett. Yeah, I don't I, like Have those three and four. Those three and four um people choirs and stuff like that i don't care for those like i want a mississippi mass choir yes i want a georgia mass choir but anyway let's get back to okay so it sounds like and stephanie go ahead so i had a different experience with church okay um i was there growing up i was at church every day of the week like every single day i was at church and i loved it um my closest friends were the people that I went to church with. They were the people that were in my youth group, my youth pastor. I mean, I could go to him and his wife and talk to them about anything. Like I had a very good experience at church and I felt like that was my outlet if I needed to speak to someone with no judgment. And they were there to talk about any and everything, regardless of what the subject was, um, whether it was taboo or not, we were able to speak freely on it. But like I made a comment before about my boyfriend, he was abused growing up, not sexually, but like physically by his father. I mean, broken bones, uh, broken jaw. He was held at gunpoint at one point in time by his father. Like it was, it was bad. And he went to his church, the church that they went to and spoke up and told somebody and they went and confronted his father about it and said, this is what your son said you're doing. That did not end up good for him when he went back home. So, of course, his dad denied it. And when he got back home, it was twice as bad as how it was before. And he felt like, well, these people are supposed to protect me. And instead, they put me directly on the front line of fire. So he, I mean, he is not about church at all. He wants no part of church. Um, Luckily for me, he likes the idea of church. So he lets me take his children to church with me. So they come to church with me and the girls love church. But him personally, he does like he won't do it. Okay, so the consensus is from what I'm hearing, you actually didn't have, I guess, the same stigma that I experienced. And and, and let me be clear. It wasn't as if like 
someone told me, oh, you can't talk about being molested. It was almost as if there was this expectation that nobody had any stuff um, and that you wouldn't be having sexual thoughts. I mean, I remember vividly being like confused about like what I was feeling at age like seven or eight. And it wasn't that, I don't know if it was sexual or not, but like I was prematurely exposed. And so I feel like there would have been no place for me to go inside that church and say, why am I tingling down here? Like, I feel like I would have immediately been called fast. Um, And the thing was, like, I was always really close to my father. And so I always gravitated towards men because he was the one that when I told him I was molested, he simply believed me and it like empowered me. But I was more comfortable around men for some reason, which was really odd considering a man is the one that was, that took advantage or a young boy is the one that took advantage of me. But um, people always had a name. They had a name for stuff. They like to put things in boxes. And so me wanting to be around the boys made me fast. Nobody ever asked me like, why am I comfortable with the boys? Or why do I do certain things? There's just, there's always presumptions in my opinion. There's oftentimes presumptions with no questions. There's oftentimes presumptions with no discussion. And so what's your experiencing? And then the other thing is, because I like a lot of people know I work with kids, I've had children tell me that they are being hurt by and molested by men in the church. But like we've created this like really patriarchal system to where the minister is almost insulated and can't do any wrong. And so you have boys and girls being taken advantage of, again, in the same place where we're supposed to find solace. I still go to church. Um, but I was also talking to, t- talking to my friends about how, um, and I don't know if I even told you this. I remember when I first started growing my hair out natural and I had like this little fro and this lady walked up to me and she was like, your hair offends me. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, your hair, um, it's, it's not kempt and it offends me. And so I need you to change it. And the I feel like, at church, yeah, she church. walked up to me. Like I had to be like in college maybe. Um, and she was that comfortable because that, that's what it is. Like. I need to be able to be in my nice little bubble and you need to not inhibit me from my comfort. And if I'm uncomfortable, that means you need to change. So that's oftentimes why people don't want to go to church because I, I need you to be exactly what I want you to be. Otherwise you don't fit. What in the world? Anyway. Um, so yeah, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, we'll get to in the next segment. So y'all hang tight. Hold on. We'll be right back. in advance for my ratchet friends but i feel like this song is actually it fits you know we talking about you know sex and church and circles all right look so (laughs) i wanted to i wanted to kind of flesh out more of what i was talking about um so i'm gonna ask them a question actually we haven't talked about it in advance so i don't know what kind of answers i'm gonna get but like i wanted to ask you d and everybody else um at what age did you lose your virginity and what was the situation around it and were you able to tell your parents uh, at that time, I actually was... How old were you? Let's see. I was 18. <sighs> and... You better make me look bad. Go ahead. I actually, uh... Yeah, I did tell my godmother. I was with my godmother at the time. Um, and we had a talk. But I talked with my mom and my grandmother years prior. Uh, just about, um, their environment in itself. Uh, because I was around a lot of... A lot of 
sex and just people that were doing it um, when I was back uh, home. So for me, it came easy. I just, I never put myself in that uh, position to um, just do it on a regular basis. S, how were you when you lost your virginity? And was, were you still going, I'm sorry, before I get back to you, D, were you still going to church when you lost your virginity? Yes. Do you feel like something changed in you or did you feel like, did you feel something in terms of your relationship with, with God and with church and with church people after you lost your virginity? No, not really. Um, Cause I, I took a break, like I was still going, but I wasn't going like on a regular basis like I did. When so I was you was going. backsliding anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, S. See, that's what, ain't that what we talking about though? What's that? Cause you just called them black backsliding. I'm joking. Oh, okay. See, I'm t- give me my earrings anyway. <laughs> S. What age did yes. you lose your virginity? Eighteen. Okay, so you also are gonna make me look bad. Um, and so were you still going to church when you lost your virginity? I was. Do you feel like your relationship with with church, church people, all that stuff changed? No, and that's because, like, when I lost it, I lost it when I went off to college. And so I was still going to church every week, but I didn't have that, like, really close relationship. It was like I just go to the building, go to church, listen to the message, and come back. So I didn't really have that close connection. Maybe if I was back home and I lost it, it would have felt different, but I already had a little bit of a disconnect from church. Uh, um, not because I didn't go, but just the relationship that I had with the people. Okay. Um, so, no, I didn't feel any type of way when it came to church and me losing my virginity. All right, Nita? I was 13, and it was not by choice. Okay. Um, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions about it, or you feel like you want a place to talk about it? Honestly. Probably not today. Okay. Okay. Um, e, how were you when you lost your virginity? <laughs> I really don't. I really don't remember. I was. It in was that many college. It was what? Yeah, I didn't know if it was that many people. You just no. couldn't think back to the time. It better have I been was. Him. In, I mean, it was, huh? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <on me. laughs> I was in college, so twenty. No. Between 19 and 20. It looked like a heathen. All right, Corey, save me. When did you lose your virginity? I had to be at least 15, 16. Okay. Um, But I I have two different (laughs) 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 virginities. Wait, when did you lose (laughs) Tell me about both. (laughs) I can't. Okay, so (laughs) the first time of me actually messing around with someone else was younger. But I don't believe I... I didn't think I had, like, a full-out sex session until my freshman year in college. Really? Yeah. So, I had basically did a little bit of everything, and then when I got to college, it's kind of like I just connected all the pieces. So, you and, just and threw that I just did everything all together. Okay. But I do not feel... It didn't change the way I felt about, or the people who felt about church or whatnot, because I won't talk to anybody about what I was doing anyway. Okay. I why? never had the sex talk. Why? Well, why weren't why weren't you talking to people about what you were doing? I guess is more what I want. Could have won none of their damn business. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, uh, well, being a gay male, that was already looked down. Period. Okay. So I I couldn't do it. I I like I felt as though. 
Because the, the, the straight kids that was messing around was already being persecuted. So I knew I had it worse that on top sense. of that. Okay. So that's why I didn't I didn't do I didn't I didn't speak to anybody about it. I never had the sex talk with anyone. Um the one time I felt really, really odd and weird was my mom we my mom was watching something and I never forget we were staying in in Stone Mountain. Um we were staying in this uh apartment complex and this Something came on where we were both watching two separate TVs, but she was watching something where these where these kids got molested, and so she was like, she came up to me, she was like, I want to let you know that if anyone touches you in any type of way, you need to let me know. Uh, but she almost kind of demonstrated on me, and I I get what she was trying to do, and she didn't do anything any further, but it made me feel like super weird at first. I was just like, ugh. But even then, I'd, st- I'd never had the sex talk with anyone. None of the men in the church. Um, my, Well, I guess it's, that's a whole other story. But my father had died when I was two. But I've had plenty of father figures from church, school, or whatnot all throughout my life, period. But never had the sex conversation, never had the birds and the bees, whatever you want to call it. Like, never had any of that. Let so. me tell y'all how... Ch- okay, so first of all, I was the same age, but mine was by choice. Um, I was 13, and the guy was like three or four years older than me. Um, and he was like, hey... He was almost an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, do you want to have sex? He used to be around my family like all the time. He, like, he was a family friend. He was like, hey, do you want to have sex? And That's I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, just like that. I was like, sure. And so we went to his house, went to his grandmother's house, pardon me, went downstairs, and... It hurt so bad. And then after that, I was sprung. Like, I just knew that we were going to get married and we were going to be together forever. Mind you, we didn't use a condom um, because I didn't know anything about condoms. I had never had that conversation. And the one conversation that I had with my father, he had found some condoms in my room that I'd actually taken from a family member. And I threw I was like, oh, no, you can't have these. Because I was that, I was that like, green. So I threw them behind my bed. And then I don't know why, how my dad ended up, like, moving my bed and, like, all these condoms. And he was like, you up. I want to say, because my mom, (laughs) my mom had a very interesting uh, sex life. She was very, 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 very giving. Very giving. So. (laughs) (laughs) So he was like, you gonna be just like your mama. And that like killed me. So I was like, I'm never going to have sex. But like, it wasn't like, I don't want to get pregnant. It wasn't like, I don't want to get disease. None of that. It was just like, I don't want to be like my mom. And so when I did have sex, I was like, oh, well, we're going to get married. And this person, he must love me. And like, I remember the first time I ever went to Juvie, I was rollerblading to his house at like three in the morning because he told, he asked me to come over so we could have sex. Like, <laughs> like rollerblading. Like, <laughs> because I was like. Well, this is my boyfriend. And of course, like, I might have been, I might have been like 13 and three quarters at this point. But I remember, (laughs) I I remember rollerblading to this, this boy's house so I could go give him some vagina because he was my boyfriend and we was going to be together forever. And this is what you do. Mind you, I went to juvie. Mind, wait, I got all the way to across the street from his house. Go find him. Girl. So the police stopped me because I'm carrying my rollerblades because I've made it to my destination. So the police stopped me because we had curfew back home at the time. And he, they were like, what are you doing? I'm a, you know, I'm African-American. What I do? I start running. So, <laughs> put some right. I get all the way down the block. And then, I, then my mind's like, why are you running? You didn't do anything. So right. I stopped. 
But I ran, so they got all on top of me. They crushing my face into the ground. They get me in the car and like, hi ho to jail. Did you have another attention? We go like they were singing on the way there. Are you mind you? I'm looking. I'm looking at the window like, does he see me? Does he know? Oh my goodness! Right? Yeah. So that was my my experience. And again, for me, it all goes back. Tell me why one of the church ladies seen me skating. I don't know what she was doing, but she told my daddy. See me skate. Right. See me skating that night. And told my dad when I got to church. Why didn't she get you? Who knows? At three in the morning. However, the thing the thing that was crazy though. Because is, church people try for it. Because <laughs> I don't know what she was out for. Mind you, she didn't yeah, disclose she that information. Right. At but three in the morning doing. <laughs> I, I think for me, and I only speak for myself, That's had I known what I know now about, even what I think about in terms of like what could have happened to me. Yes. And being outside, number one, not using a condom. Not knowing what he had, because I know I wasn't his first. You know what I'm saying? Or but it's like, I only. didn't have... Right. Oh, yeah, because I found out he was cheating on me with the girl he I worked with at Burger King. He was cheating on you. He was cheating. No, we was together. Not. Anyway, <laughs> don't do not do that. Don't... Anyway. <laughs> but if, if this, to me, doesn't say anything else, even amongst the, what, six of us, you see all of our experiences with sexuality was different. Um, and most of us, I would say, if not all of us, didn't have... I don't feel like we had adequate conversations about it previous, like prior to having that experience. And I know for me personally, like I was super naive and my, I had a lot of conversations. My mother talked to me about it all the time. Really? Books. So did mine. Yeah. When you're straightening my hair. Really? You, you can't go In the anywhere kitchen? and you had to read the book out loud to her. Oh yeah. No, I didn't as have. As far as my sexual education, as far as my sexual education at home went, there was a video called, where did I come from? <laughs> And it chrono- it was a cartoon, but it was basically about reproductive reproduction, having babies. And I used to love that video, probably because it was a cartoon, but um, I remember mm-hmm. that. But no conversation ever. Um, my mom didn't even talk to me about my period. My cousin Jeanette actually talked to me about that when I came home. Sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. And yeah, I, my mom didn't talk to me about my period. That's good. Uh, yeah. I remember running up the stairs. I was like, Daddy, I'm bleeding. He was like, put something on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. That's what you need to do. All right, but if you if you guys could make any, if you could look back on the, let's go. If you could look back on the 13-year-old you or the 12-year-old you and give you any suggestions about how to navigate your religious life, and navigate your sexual life. And I'm not even saying they intersect for everybody. But if you could give yourself some advice looking back on what you would do differently. And if you if you had a space, who you would speak to about, you know, some of these decisions that, we, that we've made that maybe we know, okay, maybe if I, I could have done this differently, I would have. What would you say to your 13 or 12 year old or 11 year old self to give yourself to empower more importantly, like the, the kids that may listen to this this episode and don't know who to talk to or don't know where to go. Like, where would you go? What would you do um, if you could do it over again? Anybody? I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but you should definitely wait because you end up in situations or attachments that are harmful to you, could harm your future because there are so many, like 85% of the population has HPV, and HPV can turn into cancer. And there's so many other things that are worse than that these days. So, like, you should definitely wait and be responsible and always. Shrub up! Yes. D. Like, and then S. S. I ain't got none. <laughs> um, 
I mean, for me, I wouldn't change anything. Um, my mother, like, we talked a lot about sex. We were very open about sex um, and having sex. Um, we talked about it a lot at church. Um, I remember they did this ceremony where they did, like, these little promise rings to God saying that, you know, you wouldn't lose your virginity till you got married. And Those always made me feel thing. bad. Yeah. Those made me feel horrible. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I never I didn't, I didn't do it. Mm. Um, they asked all of us if, you know, we would do it. And I said, no. And I said, because I can't make a promise in a vow like that, that I wasn't sure that I could keep. So for me, it was never about like waiting till marriage for me, because I understood sex. It was about just waiting till I felt like I was ready. And I understood just my body and the person I was with and, just the responsibility behind having it. That's Cor- the only reason why I waited. Corey, what would you tell kids who can't talk to their parents? Because I don't, I don't know if I could have told my dad, like, I was ready to have sex. I think that he probably would have tried to lock me in the house and homeschool me. <laughs> and so... Well, I was 18, too, so at that point, I didn't need to talk to my mother about having sex. I was grown. Gotcha. I was out of the house. Gotcha. So at that point, you don't need to talk to anybody about having sex. Corey? Well, I would definitely say find someone that you can talk to, even if it's some one of your peers, and then you all can go ask someone together. I would never ask another adult by myself, just because of the people that we have in this world this day. Um, but I would also say, even if you can't, f- even if you can't find someone to trust and talk to at that point in time. If you don't do anything else, try your best to educate yourself. If you don't do anything, when it comes to sex anyway, try your best to educate yourself. Because that's where a big problem is. Um, Even if you find the local HIV testing place and just, even if you you ain't got to go get tested, just go in and and go get some information about sex. Even though it's a good thing, it could be pretty harmful and just go start from there. Um, sometimes the best, sometimes your parents or the people at the church are not going to be the best people to talk to because of the religious background or because of, um, just the way they were raised. They probably didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, and so they, they're, they're, they're most good chance they're not going to be, but you need to talk to someone about it. Um, and That'd be, to me, that'd be the best person. Go find someone who's doing HIV testings and just unload as many questions as you possibly can. So, Nita, um, considering we've had, or we we have had potentially a similar experience, maybe at a different age, but a similar experience. You're a little, little bit, um, a little bit older than me, so... If I'm, well, I wasn't going to put you out there. <laughs> but if I'm trying to get to where you are, and for the kids that are trying to get to where I am in terms of level of healing... What would you say is the best way to go about if 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 our innocence has already been taken? If I if somebody's listening and they they can't go back because they've already come this way, what would you say would be the best method in terms of finding that place of like being okay or healing or even starting that journey? I think you have to find somebody to talk to, and if the first person doesn't listen, you have to find someone else to talk to. I was lucky because my mother listened, and my mother took me straight to a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I had somebody who would listen to me. I had people who would listen to me I had similar kids who went through the same thing so I was not by myself and I knew that and I knew that was okay but I tell anybody to this day always be a survivor of your past and not a victim of your past regardless of what that is whether it's 
a molestation or something else, you always be a survivor of your past. I love it. On that note. Hold on, wait. Before we get into that, <laughs> I got to get this off my... No, I don't have to really get this off my chest, but I do need to say something. And this is for... Because I am the gay male on this thing. Um, there are a lot of... Um, in our community, there are a lot of DL men. And I think a big part of this is because we don't communicate with each other. Um, I think also part of it is part of like, uh, what's they call it? Toxic uh, masculinity. masculinity. Um, but I think if people were able to express how they feel or who they are, well, who they think they are at that point in time, that they, the DL man wouldn't be such a big problem. You wouldn't have to worry about people being DL because if I did ballet, I don't have to worry about my boys, tearing, you know, you know, uh, mocking me, Steph. Oh. Oh no, keep talking. Um, I don't have to worry about my boys or whatnot mocking me, or if I sneeze or I have a little twist of my 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 step or whatnot, I don't have to worry about people just basically tearing me apart. That doesn't allow people to express themselves, express their feelings. So you get people who. I mean, you, you get people who are who are gay but trying to hide it and trying to prove to their family or their friends or their boys that um, that that they straight and now you have this whole DL problem. Now people who are getting HIV and HPV because first of all they're not educated and then second of all they're just not able to express themselves. Okay, so Stephanie, before I before I wrap this up, did you have something you wanted to add? I feel like it's getting better now because society is more accepting to people of all different types of, I guess, what they identify with. I think before, Corey, like when you were younger and when I was younger, like it was like to say that you were gay or anything like that, it was it was bad. Like it, people did not accept that. And I feel like now more and more people are talking about it. More and more people are seeing it on TV and on, you know, social media and people are feeling a lot more comfortable being themselves so just continue to be yourself not we might not all agree on what that might be but i mean still do what makes you happy all right so the thing my my takeaways um be a survivor be authentic and live your truth and communicate and educate yourself and educate yourself and so on that note again if you have any questions you're more than welcome to hit me up at churchhosradio at gmail.com that's church h-e-a-u-x because you hoes wouldn't let me say hoes so i gotta say hoes like that i love you all thank you so much for your time thank you for coming and sitting with me for a little while and i will see you next week church hoes